There was a double header yesterday. Two nights ago, the game got rained out in New York. Get a roof, you pores. But then yesterday, two games, seven innings each. Uh, well, the first game went into extras. We're going to start right in the first game, Rowdy. Jacob DeGrom was on the mound for the Milwaukee Brewers opposite of Corbin Burns. Right away, it was Luis Urias taking Jacob DeGrom yard to start the game. And I said to myself, we got a good thing cooking right here. And then a little later, what? Uh, God, the Brewers got their second run. How'd the Brewers get their second run in that game? Uh, I forget. The, the, it already escapes me. Shit, they had another know. home run. Yeah, who hit that one? It was, uh, I got it right here. It was, oh, yeah, Jace Peterson. I was right in the studio watching it. Jace Peterson goes yard 426 feet in the fifth inning. And then Rowdy, uh, Yelich would eventually be hit by a pitch uh, top of the eighth inning after Josh Hader. Well, I guess we got to go with Josh Hader. Josh Hader, human after all, as the Brewers take a uh, lead into the bottom of the seventh. Josh Hader gives up a freaking home run. Blows his save. The first time he's blown a save all year, he was perfect. 20 for 20 coming in as the Brewers were looking to best Jacob DeGrom. Josh Hader blows the save. It goes to extra innings. Yelich gets hit by a pitch, which uh, then after the bases were loaded, Yelich gets hit by a pitch. And then the Brewers are winning 3-2. to two, And then what happens bottom of the eighth? Brent Suter comes in. Rowdy, help me. Dude, Suter comes in. I've been telling you all year that he's good in his role. He's good at being a long inning reliever or a spot starter, but they've continuously brought him in in extra inning games where you get to start with that runner on second, and he doesn't play. The Suter Suter act doesn't play because I swear to God. And then... Everyone's like, well, he's got a pretty good ERA. Yeah, because when he comes in with guys already on base, they all score and they're not his runs. Rowdy. Brent Suter comes in and immediately sucks complete ass. Like uh, To be completely honest. And that's honest, being polite. I'm being polite right there. Be completely honest, too. That's probably a spot where you see Trevor Richards, the guy that they just traded. Traded for um, Rowdy Teles, the first baseman. That's probably where he would have come in. I was very disheartened by what I saw with Brent Suter. And then I went to uh, the social medias and had a good chuckle. As well. <laughs> I think I sent you guys the picture of you and RJ in our DM group. One of our listeners, uh, Jim. Good morning, Jim. I hope you're listening to this early. Uh, it says, Brewers lose 4-3 to three final. Jim says, Suter can't plant any trees if he can't pitch right. He needs to. <laughs> He needs to concentrate on his pitching and forget about trees. Now, listen, I'm all for, you know, Mother Nature and, you know, planting trees. And I love the fact that Brent Studer has a reusable water bottle. I have a reusable water bottle. Rowdy can vouch for it. Rowdy's got a reusable water bottle. I'm not out there, like, throwing it in people's faces like Brent Studer is. But, Rowdy, Brent Studer can't continue to push for, you know, giving back to Earth and reusing water bottles. If he can't help the Brewers win, am I wrong in that? Am yeah, I wrong in saying that? I'm gonna say I honestly don't care about him planting trees. I honestly <laughs> don't care about his reusable water bottle, and I don't care about any little skit that he's ever in. All I actually care about is how he performs on the mound for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, I don't really care about it either. Like, good for him for you know, you know, trying to be a, a positive entity and change. Which let's not. I do the same. When stuff. I pay attention to Brent Suter, the only thing I care about is when he's pitching on a mound. Yeah, it's like Brent Suter. I've been having a reusable water bottle long before you and long after you. 
I've been planting trees long before after you. After a performance long after like you. that, I might just go back to wa- to to plastic water bottles. <laughs> <laughs> so Brent Suter, my God, I don't. Okay, do I blame Brent Suter or do I blame Craig Council for putting him in that situation? Because Brent, to your point, Rowdy, we all know Brent Suter is good as a long reliever earlier in games. When Brent Suter comes in with a runner on second because his extra innings. That's when you're going to help trouble. He's got to have a ton of inherited runners allowed on his stat line this year. But also, you have to give a little bit of fault to Josh Hader. But then at the same time, Josh Hader's been so good, you can't get upset when he finally blows one game. Well, that's the thing. they're They're over halfway through the season. And if you told me at the end of the year that we'll say Josh Hader goes 40 saves and 42 attempts and he blew two saves all year take it, take and he's got an ERA below one. I mean, you take that. I no mean, doubt. can you really argue with that? No, uh, obviously it hurt and stung when you saw Josh Hader give up the home run, but, and it was, it was one bad pitch. Yeah, that was it. But to your point, you're totally right. Rowdy. Josh Hader was perfect. 20 for 20 coming in. You listen, there was it, baseball. Baseball is a sport of failure, is it not? The fact that Josh Hader's 20 for 20, good on him. You knew there was going to be one where he blows it. There, Hell, there probably is going to be another one. Well, that's what I'm saying. It. If you just double what he's done this year and he finishes 40 for 42 in save opportunities he, he, and he's got an ERA at, at one or lower. Licking your chops. I'm going to say, wow, Josh Hader, he's been so good since 2017. I didn't know he could get any better. Yeah, you'd be licking your chops for that. You'd be like, yes, I'll take that all day. Um Oh, but by the to, way, yeah. Jacob Degrom, that was his third worst start of the year. So Jacob Degrom <laughs> was uh, chasing history, right, Rowdy? Correct. He was going. What was it again? It was for the first pitcher since the All Star Game was introduced in 1993 for his 15 first 15 starts before the All Star break to have an ERA under 1.00. Ooh, and the Brewers come in and get two home runs off of him. He finishes the game, Rowdy, as ERA 1.08. Not going to do it. No. Didn't didn't mm. make history. And like I said, that was his third worst start of the season. You want to hear his uh, starts that were worse than uh, yesterday's? Yes. By the, so obviously yesterday, the Brewers got to him and scored two runs off of two solo shots. Yeah. In seven innings, he gave up four hits, two earned runs, which were both by the solo shot. Struck out ten. Here are his uh, games that were worse. Against the Phillies, he went six innings, gave up three hits, two earned runs, and a walk. Only struck out five. Hmm. And his worst game of the year was right before the Brewers start. Seven innings, gave up five hits, three earned runs. It was a three-run shot and struck out 14. Wow. Wow. Those are his three worst starts. He still struck out fourteen. And they were right? he's fallen off, man. He is falling. Since June twenty sixth, his last three starts were his worst three. Wow. <laughs> he has fallen off his the map. ERA, his ERA going into those last three starts was point five zero. And so, now after those last three, it's one point zero eight. He's so, more than doubled his ERA in those starts. So in so yesterday's first game in the doubleheader, Jacob DeGrom, as Rowdy was just reading, seven innings, four hits, two earned runs, struck out ten. Um, his and his ERA rose to 1.08. Corbin Burns, five and two-thirds innings, six hits, one earned run, struck out eight. Corbin Burns' ERA is 2.36. So now that Jacob DeGrom has fallen off, Rowdy, past three starts have just been, just been terrible. Send him down to the minors. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been awful. Is Brandon Woodruff now taking him over for Cy Young? Games? No. <laughs> 
It's just hilarious that you have to go and nitpick like, oh, seven innings, two runs. He only struck out five for one game or seven innings, three runs. He struck out 14. I don't know if you're uh, um, Corbin Burns twisted up Lindor so much that Lindor was like taking his bat and bashing it like um, after he struck out looking. He was he was well talking about that. How about just the first two games against the Mets? Obviously going back a few days ago and then yesterday. Yeah. How about all the runs that the Mets scored against Woodruff and Burns for the most part were like dink and dunk hits where they just dump in there and then all of a sudden they'll have like one solid double to the wall and it'll score a run or two. Like that was how a lot of the contact that Woodruff and well Woodruff early yeah, and then Burns had for most of the day was pretty soft contact. Well, Guys still weren't what, smoking. Did Woody just have like kind of one, one bad half of a bad inning? One bad yeah, inning. he ran into a bad seventh inning where everything he had given up prior to that was pretty soft, and then he gave up a couple soft ones there, and then yeah. Pete Alonso hit a rocket. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, Brewers stopped Jacob Degrom from having history. I would re- rather have the Brewers like. W- it's a game win. that it's a game that pisses you off and annoys you a little bit because it's one you should have won, especially yeah. when you get to the well, I guess the eighth inning or the seventh Ex- inning extras. And you have Hader coming in who's been perfect, and he's got an ERA below one. thought it was over, Rowdy. Well, then I thought it was over, too, in the eighth inning after Hader blew it. And then all of a sudden, um, God, who came in to pitch after that? It was Diaz came in to pitch, and he he freaking uh, loads the bases. He can't find his pitch. He was all pissed off at the home plate umpire because he was arguing about where his, the, his strike zone. So he's all flustered. Then he hits Yelich with a pitch, and that scores uh, a run. And then you're like, okay, Brewers up 3-2. to two. Let's go. And then freaking Brent Suter trots out there. The man on second, Rowdy. Brent Suter. Who do we, do we blame? Who do we blame for this? Craig Council? I mean, it's, like you got to you know your players. Yeah, and every time, I swear to God, it's every time they bring in Suter with the extra innings, they lose the game. It's like every time. It's like you got to you got to know your players, dude. Like we, when I saw Brent Suter walking out there, I said to myself, "Oh God, oh." God. But I'll but I'll reiterate it. I'm pretty sure Trevor Richards would have been out there had he been on the roster. Yeah, uh, Brent Suter after the game, as after he lost it for the crew, he is screaming into his glove obscenities. Well, Brent Suter, it was probably like, "Shucks, dang it, man." That's this is what I get from Brent Suter. But Rowdy, how about the second game? That was nice. Brewers, uh, the sticks are alive for the Milwaukee Brewers. Home runs for Manny Pena, who broke out of his slump. It was like one for 62, one for 64, something like that. Manny Pena homers in the second. Willie Adamas with his 14th of the year in the sixth. And then the second time in the same day. Now batting Luis Urias. Urias home runs again twice yesterday, just two separate games. Urias gets it done. Brewers win 5 nothing. Brad Anderson, nice. Jake Cousins, nice. Brad Boxberger pitching out Oof. of a pitching out of a jam with Oof. the bases loaded, and then Hunter Strickland. I liked it. Boxberger was the one where oh, oh, oh. I was. If you talked about you know the the angriest man segment, were you pretty angry with Boxberger? That was like the warm up. You got to start doing that, by the way. Bo- the Boxberger not being able to throw a strike. What did he throw? I think it was like one strike to the first three batters he faced. Yeah, it wasn't good. Luckily, luckily he comes back and strikes the side out. But, man, I, 
after how they lost the first game, I was just waiting for someone to tee off on Boxberger when they had the bases loaded, and all of a sudden they were going to be down four to three. Dude, big nuts, big nuts swinging though for Brad Boxberger as he loads the bases, but then one, two, what three Ks in a row for Brad Boxberger? Yeah, he struck out the boom, side. Boom, boom. So from the high or from the lowest, from the pit to the pinnacle, Rowdy. He got it done. Well, that was impressive. They had, which I actually really like this, they had Josh Hader warming up for that seventh inning to come in and save the game because at the time it was only three to nothing before Luis Arias hit that home run to go up five nothing. Yeah. I like that, getting Hader right back out there the same day same. after blowing a save, getting him right out there. Obviously, you would have had a three run lead, probably would have mowed down the Mets. But once they got that cushion, obviously, Hunter Strickland came in. Hunter Strickland looked Dude, good. Hunter has, Strickland has looked good since he's come over. Has to the Hunter Brewers. Strickland like done anything wrong since he's been a Milwaukee Brewer? I I only remember him like striking dudes out and uh, like not giving up any runs. He's pitched well since he's come over. Jake Cousins been pitching pretty damn good too. Oh, and the other thing that I have so Jake Kurt Cousins, 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 yeah, Jake Cousins got the win. Yeah. So in a normal major league baseball game where they play nine innings. And if you throw a no hitter, it's a no hitter. And if you throw a complete game, why did Anderson? Anderson It's a complete game. Well, in a nine inning game, you have to go five innings if you're the starter to get the win. Yeah. Okay. Now it's a seven. Yeah, it's a seven inning game. What you think? Well, the rule is still, I guess, you have to go five innings to get the win. But when they shorten and shrink the game, what you think it would have to be like four innings? Which Anderson went four innings. It would just make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, Anderson went four innings, giving up just three hits, striking out one. Um, he didn't give up anything. Jake Cousins comes in literally for one inning, strikes out one guy, which he looked good. Got the dub. And got the dub. Well, that's what why I, got the hold, and then Strickland just was like, oh, I'm here. What's up, dudes? Yeah, that's why, man, if I was Anderson, I'd be like, You're like what the hell, man? I'd be like, CC, I, I'm throwing the ball well. Can't I get one more inning to get a win here? Yeah, because Brett Anderson, his uh, win loss record is two and five. That would have been looked nice for him if he got that uh, that third well, win notched in his belt. And obviously, it's not like pitch count was a real issue. He was at forty four. <laughs> I know. It was averaging eleven an inning. But I mean, at the same time, they did mention on the broadcast about how they were going to be careful with Brett Anderson because he was coming off the IL. But I mean, forty four pitches that could easily be done in two innings. Yeah, forty four pitches. I mean, look at Brad Boxberger. Brad Boxberger pitched one inning. He had thirty six pitches. Exactly. <laughs> Like, like, come on. <laughs> if, I, if I was Anderson, I would have been pushing for one more inning. Uh, Brewers, though, it's nice that they, uh, believe it or not, they actually had a three-game losing streak into the second game of that doubleheader. So Brewers snap it. Uh, they got the Reds coming up tonight. So the Reds, I think the Reds have, were winning. No, not only do they have the Reds coming up here tonight yeah, through Sunday, but they have the Reds for the next seven games they play on their schedule because they play Thursday through Sunday and then they go to the at Cincinnati. Miller Park. Then they have the all-star game time off, uh-huh. and then they come back for the weekend, and it's three games at Cincinnati. Would you look at that? So the all-star break is upon us. Yeah, next week we're going to be um, just having Milwaukee Bucks stuff because Brewers will be off. Well, I guess we'll have the three guys in the all-star game. There'll be a little home run derby on Monday night. Yep, we got to make our bets. Pete Alonzo. Um, Curse that man. <laughs> hey, former Madison Mallard, Pete Alonzo. Rowdy, would you go Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Is that who that was with? who I that was who I took in that home run derby, and I think I took Pete Alonso. Who absolutely crushed it. I took Pete Alonso. Rowdy was very mad because didn't Vlad hit more home? He runs? He hit like twenty more home <laughs> runs, <laughs> but Pete Alonso yet, won it. Yet he quote unquote lost the derby because <laughs> of their setup. <laughs> that still bugs Rowdy. 
man, that's funny. All right, so Brewers, yes, in first place at the NL Central. Six games over the Reds, who are coming to American Family Field. Uh, the Reds did beat the Royals yesterday, so the Reds have been winning. Cubs, yeah, Reds have been pretty hot. They have. Uh, seven and three, same as the Brewers, their last ten. The Cubs actually got a win yesterday. They beat the Phillies, believe it or not. Cubs <laughs> broke their 11-game losing streak. Uh, I don't know what the Cardinals are. Cardinals the are still did. struggling. Let's see what the Cardinals do. Cardinals lost to the Giants. And I don't even really care, but I'm going to look. The Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates. 14-3 <laughs> ah, against the Braves. All right, there's a little roundup quick of the Milwaukee Brewers. Name, image, and likeness. I wanted to get to this yesterday. I kind of uh, didn't. Now that you're here, RJ, you're reminding me of it. Yeah. The biggest deal to be inked so far, name, image, likeness. A commitment worth over $540,000. American top team. A chain of mixed martial arts gyms is offering a $500 monthly contract to Miami's 90 scholarship players for advertising the gyms on social media. Over half a million dollars spent, the biggest so far for name, image, likeness. As the U, it has to now advertise for the American top team, their uh, mixed martial arts gyms. Now is that? Each player gets $500 a month. So is that times 12 or times the time? I believe it was in? times 12. Yeah, I think well, it's times 12. But I'm Cause it was, saying, it was, cause it it was 500 like, a month yeah. or each player, if yeah. they decided to accept the deal, could make $6,000 a year. Yep. So that's 90 yeah, scholarship right. players yeah. all getting the money to advertise for the American top team, this gym. I think it's a... A fantastic! I, I've never even heard of this. You know, I, this gym. I've heard of it. I, it's one of the bigger MMA gyms that have some pretty good fighters. Yeah. Uh, in an interview, uh, one of the the guys in charge of the the gym said he wanted Miami to quote try to be NILU, and that athletes deserve weren't, weren't something they on top. Of, back in the day, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> also, that athletes deserve quote uh, something on top of their scholarships. This is an intriguing thing happening right I now. I think it's I think it's pretty ballsy from American Top Team. Yeah. Because it's an MMA gym. It's it's one of the better gyms in the United States. I mean Amanda Nunez fights th- through there. Well, uh, Dustin Poirier, the guy Dustin that's Poirier. fighting this weekend? F- this weekend with Conor McGregor for their third trilogy fight. Matt Masvidal? I mean there's a ton Jorge, of guys uh, that I believe Kobe Covington originally was at American Top Team. Yep, I don't know he if left. he's still there. I, th- I think he left there. I mean, there's, Romero? yeah, guys come and go, but obviously they have good names. They have big names. It's a, it's a big time gym. Obviously it's in the Miami, Florida area, Yeah, but I think, don't you think it's kind of interesting that they're doing this with a college football? Yeah. Team? That's what's the most interesting about it is the U Miami is now advertising for in mixed martial arts gym. I mean, Miami is still a brand, whether people want to admit it or not. Oh yeah, for sure. Just like Nebraska is a brand. I mean, we can say it's turnover a brand. We can right? say turnover chain my F and A. Yeah, it's hilarious, but they're still a, a nationwide brand. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they're worldwide. Miami. It's just obviously more obviously in America, but I think it's a. It's all about the. Year. I think it's a great move by this mixed martial arts gym. I just think it's so intriguing that they choose. The Hurricanes, Miami, to be the ones to uh, be the spokesperson. I think people. They're out of Miami, though. Yeah, so, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're well, he's in a, the area. The and only he's other a fan. One you're doing is FIU. He's a fan <laughs> of Miami, too, the owner, the, the head yeah. of the gym stuff. So he wants to, like, be a part of bringing I the guess, U back. I guess I kind of get it because they're in the Miami area and Miami is a national brand and they're going to be playing on national TV. So 
people from across the country are going to be seeing the American top team. The one thing where I think it's, it is a little interesting is the fact that it's a different sport. So you're advertising in the sport of football, but you're an MMA gym. Now there are some football players that have now crossed into MMA. Yep. Obviously the big time name is Greg Hardy, but that's not necessarily a name that football or Yeah, I don't think many people want to want be associated, to be associated with. with. But that there but have there. there have been other guys that are at lower levels that are lesser names. Isn't the guy in the UFC Blades, wasn't he a football player? Uh, he might have been. I know there's 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 obviously more than just a few, but there right. are some lower level guys. They're not necessarily title contenders like Conor McGregor and, and names like that that were true American football players. But there are guys that are starting to creep into those lower levels of the UFC that were named football players. Uh, there was one guy that played on an Alabama national championship team. His name escapes me right now, but he played for Nick Saban. He's now in MMA. Yep. Uh, there was another guy that played... I think it was in the Mac conference. He's now in a lower level UFC, but he's like three and zero or four and zero. Greg Hardy's obviously yeah. the big one. So Dan Lambert is the um, he's the longtime staple of the mixed martial arts scene in, in uh, South Florida. Big time fan of the Hurricanes. So yeah, uh, he is giving six thousand dollars annually endorsement deals to the ninety scholarship athletes on the University of Miami, the U. Um, so over half a million dollars committed to paying these athletes. It's the biggest deal so far. There's a gymnast too, uh, for name image likeness that got a huge deal. I forget exactly who, but a gymnast the one out of LSU. Got, yeah, the LSU gymnast got a gigantic deal. Uh, sh- I think she is the highest paid individual. Yeah. When it comes to name image likeness, and Spencer Rattler, the and, and the quarterback, not, and it's not because of her athletic ability. I saw Rattler <laughs> signed a deal with a Raising Canes. The, yeah. the the fast food chicken joint. <laughs> I, most of the com- I've never had raisin canes. Well, there's one down on State Street, I guess. Yeah, I'm never mo- going to mo- eat it though. Most of the comments on it are good thing he got all that sauce because he's going to need it to choke <laughs> at, choke down that dry chicken. I thought his, his logo is <laughs> pretty badass. Uh, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Hey guys, Corey from Marshall. How you doing? Corey, what's up, my man? Doing well. How are so, you? Couldn't be better if I had to be. So this name, image, and like this thing is pretty much any university or anybody can do this or is it got to be like a state-by-state no nope, uh, it's actually kind of state-by-state right now but because the NCAA there are, there's 23 states that allow it Wisconsin's in there uh and then the, the other states have not but the NCAA uh, put their own rules in play now to make it so everyone can but it's based on your state-by-state laws so, so then good like the shoebox then be doing this legally <laughs> this time yep, with the Badgers yep. where they're like right. we're gonna give them yep. a million dollars in shoes and da 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 yep yep and yep. a bunch of mallard stuff and et cetera et cetera you got it then oh, they yeah. should be doing that <laughs> I think what do you guys think uh, I I think it's if you want to I mean I agree with you brother I think if you want to advertise and there's avenues to do it and you want to pay some of these players to do it by God go do it I mean the best well, that's part great I hope. Then some of the uh, some of the companies around here with the deeper pockets kind of figure it out and say, okay, well, let's make our local universities competitive it can be versus all these other. My know, question is: is going to is it going to bite some programs in the ass? Like, are the rich going to get richer? Like the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the et cetera? I mean, you only have so many players oh, on yeah. the roster, obviously. You think about all the stuff that probably went on behind the scenes now could just be brought out into the well, light. Well, let me ask so you, do you think Wisconsin will land more or less five-star, four-star recruits now? 
that's a good question. I would think probably about the same amount, to yeah. be honest. That's because I'm because so, I can't really say. Well, it wasn't already being done before, probably. Right. You know, kind of under the table. So I don't know if it's really going to make a big difference. I tend to think like a lot of these athletes, they want to go where they're going to be coached to like succeed. You think at least I don't know, and that tends to like draw a little bit more weight too from time to time rather than just like what am I get being compensated at you know so yeah it's it's a, it's intriguing wrong. I mean you, you you might be opening Pandora's box I I like it though um I guess we'll see what happens it's like the wild west right now Corey well they might be opening it up but it kind of reminds me of the South Park episode where Carbon's <laughs> like here's the you know when they're basically when they're ripping on the NCAA and they were doing that years ago and like it was the truth because it was basically i mean it's kind of modern day you know what they were discussing and yeah. i don't want to get into it but like what they were saying in that episode that's you know kind of spot on so listen i well, think pandora's box happens. pandora's box has already been open Corey. it's just you know that's why the world's going nuts right now pandora's box is open and you can't close it so we might as well make a little money before we all uh you know uh, blow right, up the, the earth one. you know rowdy found the tweet he was looking for us so we were talking about name image likeness What's it going to do? Are the rich going to get richer? Are the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the you know the LSU's, the you name it, going to be able to capitalize more to say, hey, now we can legally give you money for coming here instead of under the table or uh, in McDonald's bags? Who's that? What program was giving McDonald's Tennessee. bags? Tennessee. <laughs> Literally twenty thousand in cash. Had a bag man delivering bags of McDonald's with. I hope they had some like fries in there or something. I would have liked to to eat fries as I count my wads of money. <laughs> Uh, but Rowdy, so to that point, you saw a very interesting tweet. Yeah, there's I got multiple tweets, and it's One second, do you I'll, think I'm just gonna I'm gonna open our beer our relief pitcher, our beer of the week, the bees knees. Go to madcitysports.com to check it out, win a six pack, but uh, they left something from yesterday. So all right, sorry, Rowdy. If you think the rich are gonna get richer, at eh, maybe. Maybe it'll help out some of the smaller schools. But I mean, overall, we could say that in the last what? three to four years for the Wisconsin Badgers. The Wisconsin Badgers football team has been recruiting probably at the highest level it's ever been recruiting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're starting to grab a few five stars here and there. They're getting a ton of four stars. And then obviously they're like the king of the three stars and turning them into four and five star players by the end of their careers at Wisconsin. Well, when I read you these stats, I don't know if the rich can really get richer. At this point, because they're already pretty rich. Because here, <laughs> these are the number of five star recruits signed in the 2021 class Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Clemson all have 22 five star recruits signed in their 2021 class. All other 125 Division I teams have 12. I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? Alabama, <laughs> Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Clemson have 22 five-star recruits signed to the 2021 class. All so each other, each program has 22 five-stars? No, no, no. Or together? All combined okay. have 22. So those five schools have a combined 22 five-star recruits. The rest of the 125 Division I schools have 12 combined. <laughs> Alabama has signed seven of those five-star recruits out of the 22. Uh That's more five-stars signed in one class than what 115 schools have signed for five-star recruits in their last 10 classes combined. 
My sweet God. <laughs> and then if you want to narrow that down into Big Ten recruiting, you can narrow it down into five stars for Big Ten recruiting from 2018 to 2022. Here are the number of five-star players. Ohio State has landed 19. The rest of the Big Ten has combined for 12. That's Michigan. Wow. That's Penn State. That's Wisconsin. That's Michigan State. That's the rest of the Big Ten has combined for 12. Ohio State by itself has 19. And then when you look at the number of (laughs) top 100 players, because we look at Wisconsin and we're like, hey, they're starting to get more guys in the top 100. We're starting to get more. Yeah, yeah. they got a five-star here. Oh, they got a four four four-stars here. They got five guys in the top 100. Well, here's numbers for the top 100 for the Big Ten from 2018 through 2022. Number of players in the top 100. Ohio State, 44. The rest of the Big Ten combined, 39. Wow. Wow. And again, that's your Michigans. That's your Penn States. That's your Wisconsin's. They still combined as a rest of the Big Ten have less top 100 players and less five-star players than Ohio State by themselves. So obviously the lack of parity stinks, but if you are a five-star recruit, I mean, why would you want to go anywhere else, I guess? Could you make the case to go elsewhere to be the man somewhere? Yeah, I mean, you. But why don't people? You, you why don't people do that? Then? At your, because they'd rather sit around and collect rings, than go someplace and be the leader right away. I just don't understand, like, why there are more people aren't going elsewhere to be the man. Well, I like they this example. It's, that's so mind-boggling. I like me. this example, and I know that there's been some, you know, kind of a black eye on the program. But look at a look at a team like Iowa. A team that's in its own state that doesn't have professional sports. Yep. It's oh, if you're from Iowa for NFL football, you like like the Packers, the Bears, the Chiefs, Vikings. the Vikings. It's a weird mix of teams that you yeah. like or you could potentially like. Yep. And then when it comes to college, from experience with being in Iowa for wrestling tournaments and stuff like that, it seems like the state's probably 75% Hawkeye fans, 25% Cyclone fans, yeah. and those two fans hate each other. Yeah, But it's it's pretty cut and dry. You are an Iowa or an Iowa State fan, and then all of your professional teams. And then in baseball, it's like, oh, they like the Cubs, or they, they like the, Iowa the Cardinals, yeah. or the Twins, or the Brewers, and you get a weird mix. Yeah, There's no one dominant team. But the Iowa Hawkeyes could be the dominant team when it comes to endorsements the NIL. or, or selling like stuff because there's nothing else there. Yeah. Right Now, all of a sudden, what if some of the guys that are going to Alabama say go to Iowa and they're the they're the big fish and in the pond. they're making yeah. coin. They're making cash. Yeah. Like all of the car dealerships or all the everything that wants to do everything, so, they're not going to the Ryan Bronze of the world. Right. They're coming and grabbing said 19-year-old kid that's the best up-and-coming football player in the area. So NIL, name, image, likeness could help out other programs such as, like Rowdy just said, Iowa or, or like Wisconsin to a degree. Or, or look at like BYU. It's a it's a state that doesn't have any real big-time professional. <laughs> that one could get a little tangly in there with, uh, <laughs> let's go with Utah because that yeah, Mormon church <laughs> might not uh, allow that and would, take, you know would be their agent and you take 10%. You find these states where there's not really a big-time market for professional sports right. and they're all focused on college sports, those markets all of a sudden might be able to land some big recruits because we're like, Boise Dude, State? we can already hook you up with a half a million yeah. dollar yeah. signing bonus where we got four different companies that all want to nab you for over a hundred grand.
All right, Rowdy, the Milwaukee Bucks. Game two is tonight in Phoenix. Giannis Dendekumbo, by all means, is a go. Uh, a week and change after hyperextending his knee, uh, he is back. And uh, he listen, Giannis looked pretty damn good game one against the Suns. I mean, did he not? He knew what he was doing. He passed the ball when he was supposed to pass the ball. He didn't settle for dumbass threes. He was 50% shooting threes, by the way, one for two. The only thing, and we knew it was going to happen, is he was going to suck from the free throw line. Let's, let, we just know that's going to happen. Yeah, I actually really, really liked what I saw from Giannis, especially when he went from doubtful to questionable to in. And obviously, he's dealing with a sore knee. There's no structural damage. There's nothing yeah, more that he can do to management. it. It's pain. But he looked like he, he looked good out there, and I thought he played the exact way the Bucks need him to play in high-level games against good, talented teams. When he had the when he had the basketball and he looked to drive, if he didn't have the step on someone, he dished the basketball quite a bit. He had a ton of different assists to Middleton with nice passes or even Connaughton coming around the hoop. Yeah. And when he did get the step on the guy, well, he laid it in or he dunked it or he you know, he finished at the rim. Again, like you said, all of the shots he took were pretty much inside or around yeah, the paint. It was and he took wanted. just two shots from behind the arc, which I'm okay with Giannis attempting two shots or less from behind the arc. When he starts oh, taking seven, Rowdy, eight, it's well, like he was fifty percent from beyond the arc. We'll take that all day. I'm, just, I'm not gonna say what he was. He's one for two. We'll just say fifty percent. I, I would say for me personally, if he takes more than three three pointers in a game, they're just wasted shots. So, who? Now I know I know it's gonna be like, well, we need both of them too. But who's the guy who's going to step up to win that series? Because I remember the Atlanta Hawks series, like, we need a big series from Drew Holiday. Well, Drew Holiday, my God, for the most part, stepped up and got it done. Uh, is it Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, or Giannis? Who do we expect most of coming into game two tonight? Well, to start or off. Or Brooke Lopez? Or- to start off with saying how I feel like Giannis played exactly how the Bucks needed him to play, it's not Giannis. Because when you look at even the regular season games against the Suns, Giannis showed up and, comp- and had huge games in both of them. Yeah. I expect Giannis. What have, what have we seen in every single series? Giannis has been a constant. Yeah, dominant. He's constantly been really good rebounding the basketball, scoring the basketball. And as the series goes on, he gets better besides hyperextending his knee against the Hawks. And the only thing that you really look at when he's not taking a lot of three-pointers is the fact that he's just not consistent shooting his free throws. But at, it's, at this point in the have, season, you just have to live with it. there's nothing you can do yeah, about it. You just it. live with it and hope he makes it. and then that's You still expect him bonus. to be a constant for those first 45 minutes of the game. Yep. So you you can't really say anything about Giannis. He's doing exactly what you expect him to do. So is it Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez? I mean, I'm going to break it down to Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Who's the one that needs to be stepping up here? Obviously, it's both. It's, it, the obvious answer is both, especially when we don't, look we're at, not doing the easy answer. Here. When you look at what how bad Holiday was, like Holiday missed a ton of shots in game one, and he missed a ton of shots at the rim that you'd yeah. expect an NBA player to lay it in. Chris Middleton was better than Drew Holiday game one. Middleton was better than Holiday game one, but it was like he was good for the second half and especially the fourth quarter. Yeah. So it's yes, be you need though. both for you need more from both of them, but I'm gonna go and say Chris Middleton, even really? though he did play the better game in game one, because Chris Middleton is supposed to be your Robin to Giannis's Batman. Oh, there was a time us, when they said that Chris Middleton was Batman and Giannis's Robin. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Some of us would say that in crunch time when the game really starts to turn up the last five minutes in the NBA game, he's not only has to be 
the Robin to Giannis's Batman, he's probably has to be the Batman. Yeah. Because he's the guy that can score the basketball. He's the guy that does make free throws at a high clip. He does shoot the three at a, an extremely good percentage. He Usually. does he does have the good mid range game. He is a guy that can get his own shot when they isolate uh isolate the offense through him. Not many other guys on that roster can actually do that. He has to be the one that does it and does it well. He has to be your number one. But then again, that's why I keep saying that's why this basketball team is frustrating because not many teams that are competing for NBA championships have to all of a sudden in crunch time look for their number two to be the number one. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do we got? Tommy. Hey, Tommy. What's up, my man? Listen, you guys, I I love you. You know that, but I think you're wearing your beer goggles again. The problem is when Giannis goes down there. Tom, actually, real quick, real, real, hey, block, Tom, real quick, hey Tom, real quick, I actually did pop a beer at seven thirty. There was one I left over. So. I thought when, when Giannis <laughs> is going one on one, he's amazing. Okay, but when they put three tall guys there, block the lane, he can't keep trying to do that because so they follow him. Big deal. He gets one free throw, and then the other team goes down and gets a three pointer. It's they were got really close. I got it within like eight or nine the other day. And all of a sudden, it's back up to 15. Well, well Tommy, to your point, Giannis in game one, I know there's times when he takes on three, four guys and he'll like lay up a, a little stinker of a shot. But game one, you know, uh, what was that? Mon- was that Monday night? Monday, Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday night, excuse me. Giannis was doing that. Three guys would you know come to him, and then he'd kick it off to either Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, and they would, the just, the they would just brick it and just he brick it. Time after time, he'd go plowing into him with his Euro step and his elbow out, and half those are charges, but... You know the difference between charging and, and a offensive and a defensive foul are just I can't even explain it. To well, you. it's I mean, listen, the NBA and and, and foul calling is just head scratching. I'm saying that if and also the other thing is why is Giannis bringing the ball up so much? You know, I understand he can dribble and that's beautiful, but hey. if, you, if you let someone who's a more of a guard kind of person actually run the offense and let Tom, Giannis I kid you not, different positions. I kid you not. When Jason Kidd was the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, he was teaching and training Giannis Dindacumbo how to be a point guard. Giannis they was, made him be the point guard for a while. Yeah, Giannis was the point guard for a while when Jason Kidd was uh, head coach, and Giannis Giannis loved it. Actually, the Bucks well, were, were balling. I actually agree with Tom on that one. I I think the ball needs to be in Middleton and Holiday's well, hands more. When Giannis Holiday hardly got the ball once Giannis came back because um, Giannis well, was taking it. To all your time, point, that's why he wasn't performing. To your point, Tommy, when Giannis would take the ball up the court, all of a sudden you see Drew Holiday just standing around like he's not exactly. even involved in it the makes offense. The other guys immobile, and then they all stand around the three point lane, and even um, our other tall guy, uh, the Lopez, the yeah, Brooke Lopez, Lopez is hanging out on the in the corner, and I know he makes that shot sometimes. Beautiful. But he should be only there once in a while. He should be under the basket. Tom, this might be an old school approach, but I think the taller you are, the closer you should be to the basket. Well, yeah, and also these, <laughs> the guys that are real whippets and they can run around and you know they should be dribbling most of the time and, and passing. So anyway, my other thing about the Brewers. Is yeah, Tom, Brewers, baby, the split yesterday. It got too exciting with Boxberger in there. Oh my God, Boxberger loads guys. the bases and then strikes out three in a row. <laughs> he strikes out three in a row. I think they did that on purpose. It's my conspiracy of the day. They did that just to get my heart. Pounding. Tom, did you uh, listen to or watch the first game of the doubleheader yeah. when the Brewers were like owning to a degree Jacob DeGrom? I know. And then freaking <clears throat> Josh Hader, listen, I don't blame Josh Hader. You know he's not going to be perfect. And then <clears throat> Brent Suter comes on and just blows it. I tell you, when Suter goes in, I always go, oh no, and sometimes I even turn the radio off. I just, <laughs> and it's a shame because he's got skills, but the amazing thing is the announcers on the radio always say, this guy is a pro. He, he can be in this situation. This is where he's at, and then he gives up like five hits in a row. Yeah. Like, stop it! Yeah. Oh my god. Well, Tommy, you watching the Bucks tonight? I know it's a little late for you. Yeah, but you're watching I am. The Bucks? I am. Uh, I'm 
my wife gets the TV, I think, till nine, so I'll watch the second half. <laughs> what does the what does the missus watch first? <laughs> it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> it doesn't, is that when you nap? <laughs> the Bachelorette or whatever's on, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Tom, good luck. Get a good nap in from eight to nine, then, okay? Anyway, I just want to see some good fundamental basketball. If they win, it'd be great. But if they're playing stupid, it's just like, oh man. <laughs> Tommy, right, we love you, man. Have a good Bye. one. See you, buddy. Yeah, when uh, Giannis brings the ball up the court, it's game one specifically. Drew Holiday literally just stood there to just watch Giannis kind of take on three guys to get to the rack. And I think that's where Holiday, it's like he didn't know his role. Like he didn't know what he was supposed to do. Or it kind of like it makes it's he's uncomfortable because, like you said, he doesn't know exactly what he wants to do. Like, what's my role? He here? he knows that he's kind of third in the pecking order behind Giannis and Chris Middleton. Where it's like, well, I can't just take the ball and just do whatever I want with it because I have these two guys in front of me. So, I mean, it, it kind of can change, I guess, his demeanor on the court, which could affect how he plays. But I, but I do agree with Tom. I feel like the two guys that need to be bringing the ball up the majority of the time yeah. have to be Middleton and Holiday. Yeah, when Giannis starts bringing up the court, I know what's going to happen. Giannis is going to dribble a bunch at the top of the key. Three guys are going to kind of like gravitate towards him, and then he's going to take them all on, and maybe he'll get the a layup. The only time I really enjoy watching Dunk. Giannis bring the ball up the court is when it's a fast break. Same. And my God, if he brings the ball up the court and he shoots a three, I will fall out of my chair. Thankfully, he shot 50% the whole game one. My Packer Insider from Forbes.com, Rob Reichel. Robbie, what's up, brother? Evening, how are you, my man? Been missing you like the desert misses the rain, Rob. How are you? How are you, buddy? <laughs> I am outstanding. How are things in Madison? Rob, uh, they're great now. You know, for a while there, we were like uh, the lost little puppy who couldn't find his way. And now that we have you wrangled back in, Rob, it feels good. My question is, how was vacation? And did you have to take a small bank loan out with gas prices driving around? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's what your wonderful co uh, you know, partner there was just asking me about gas prices and stuff. Yeah, it's... it's uh, it's escalating quickly, isn't it? <laughs> we, we, we won't go political today, but we all have to here. for a lot of things coming up. No, uh, no politics know. here, Rob. No politics here, brother. This is yeah, all we'll, just... We'll, we'll, we'll try to stay away. I'm just looking out for your pocketbook, man, you know? Okay. So, hey, Rob. I appreciate that, my man. <laughs> uh, Rob, let me ask you, my dude. So, obviously, we missed you. Last week, we literally just had 20 minutes of dead air in your honor. Um, so that, I mean, that's how much you mean to us. Did you watch the match with, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Bryson DeChambeau, Tom Brady, and Phil Mickelson? Honestly, Evo, I watched every shot. I, I was, I was mesmerized actually by it. I, and I didn't think I would be. It was, it was actually a really cool made for TV event. Yeah. I, I enjoyed all the banter and the dialogue and those guys jabbing each other a little bit and, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the golf was remarkable and the setting was amazing. Dude, um, how beautiful was that course? Un- unbelievable. Can you can you imagine, you know, you and I, random guys that go shoot 83 at Yahara or something <laughs> 83, like that? 83, you're too kind to me, Rob. You're too kind to me. Trying, right, trying to tackle that place. Oh, my God. So, yeah, no, I, no, I, I didn't even answer your question. I, I found it actually far more interesting than the NBA Finals. And, um it was, uh, it, it, you know, I'll give TNT a lot of credit. It was, it was, it was pretty amazing. It was, it was cool stuff. So, Rob, someone asked me yesterday how many balls do I think I would lose in that course, and I said, like, you had to take a bank loan out for that gas prices. I'd have to take a bank loan out for all the balls that I'd have to buy golfing there. I would just, I wouldn't even want to disgrace it with my golf game. I would just want to camp there, uh, have a little bear mace just in case. But, Rob, what was your takeaway 
on Aaron Rodgers and all the comments he had made. Tom Brady was really ribbing him. Uh, Rodgers was asked by Brian Anderson if he was going to be the quarterback for the Packers this coming year, and Rodgers was like, we'll see, we'll see, won't we? What was your takeaway from Rodgers and his uh, kind of trolling coyness? Well, that's how he always is, right? Evil, I mean, it, nothing changed to me with Aaron Rodgers. I saw a lot of people speculating after the match that he sounded and seemed like a guy just who was resigned to his fate and the fact that, you know, he, he would be coming back to Green Bay and he really has no plays left. I mean, Brady Brady jabbed him about that and, you know, in kind of the presser leading up to it, that, he, that he's a man without any options at, at this point in time. But even I, I, I'm still holding firm on, on my belief that you will not see him on July 28th, the first day of camp. You may not see him at the end of camp, and you may not see him uh, under center week one in New Orleans. I'm, I'm, I'm going to still hold with what I've said all along, Evo, that this guy is that this guy is just so stubborn and he's so dug in and he, and he believes strongly in whatever that is his stance is that has him this agitated with the Green Bay Packers and. Um, uh, again, Evo, he, he's not the kind of guy to just all of a sudden show up with his tail between his legs and say everything's good. All right, you know, the last three months have you know have been blown out of proportion. That, that's not Aaron Rodgers, and you know, anybody who has watched how he's handled things throughout his life, how how easily he can dismiss key figures and key members, uh, you know, from his life, his his family. Um, First and foremost, we hasn't talked to in, in forever. You know, all teammates, players, um, you know, relationships to him, Evo honestly might not might not mean quite as much as they mean to the average the average person out there. You know, he, he's a different cat, Evo. He, he really is. He's unique and strange. So trying to predict exactly what's going to happen with this guy is really really hard. Um, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my guns on on the fact I don't think you'll see him on the 28th of camp open. Well, Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com. Robbie, let me ask you then. By the way, I do like Aaron Rodgers' hair flow. I think he's looking pretty good. I grew my hair out over the pandemic, Rob. Uh, I'm not destined for long hair. Uh, the wife didn't even want to look at him anymore, so I had to cut it. But, Rob, <laughs> let me ask you, brother, uh, when it comes to Devontae Adams. So there was a rumor out there reported by a bunch of like the you know the Adam Schefters, Ian Rappaports, that the Packers and Devontae Adams were working on like a mega deal to make him probably the highest-paid wide receiver in the league. On Instagram – uh, there was a picture of that. I think it was Bleacher Report. Uh, Devontae Adams had tweeted at or Instagrammed a, a caption on it. It was a, a blue hat uh, emoji. And, Rob, I know you have two younger daughters who probably can speak emoji very fluently, but the blue cap means a lie. It means you're, it's a cap. It means a lie. So Devontae Adams is basically saying that that report is a lie on Instagram. Have you heard anything about this deal for Devontae Adams, and if it's, it's true or a lie or not? No, Evo, and this is something that's going to play itself out through the course of the season. And I'm sure Adam, you know, wants far more information on where everything is headed before he, you know, he he commits himself and, and marries himself to the Green Bay Packers for the next four or five years. I mean, this is going to be the last mega contract that Devontae Adams ever signed, um, in all likelihood, Evo. Um, you know, by the time this deal would end, he's probably into his, you know, into the 33-year, you know, he'll be about 33, 34, I, I would have to guess. This this is going to be extended. So he's going to want to see how this unfolds with Rodgers. He's going to want to see exactly what he has in Jordan Love. If Jordan Love winds up being the starter in week one, he's going to want to gather more information on Love through the course of training camp. 
he's going to want to see where the Packers are headed. Um, you know, the, again, Evo, you know, the, the, the Packers always have the option of throwing a tag on him down the road and, yeah. and playing that thing out and um, tying themselves to Devontae Adams for longer than Devontae might want to go to. So the Packers do have a little leverage in, in that particular situation and, and that particular deal. And, um, you know, but, but Evo, I, I don't think that's, that's anything that's going to get figured out quickly. I, I, I wouldn't look for a deal there to get done, let's say, before trading camp or anything like that, which the Packers have done in the past. They've gotten some deals done over the summer. You know, a year ago it was Kenny Clark at, at roughly this point in time. So I, I don't think that's going to happen with Adams. Evo, I, I just think there's too many variables out there. There's too many wild cards. And, and, and until Devontae probably gets more answers, where the Packers are headed at, at the quarterback position. I can't imagine him signing a deal because I'm sure he sees himself even as a Hall of Fame wide receiver long term. And the only way that's going to happen is if he has confidence that he can come back to the Packers down the road and catch 90 to 100, you know, 110 balls from, from Jordan Love. If, if it turns out that Jordan Love isn't the player, then a lot of people hope and think he will be, and Adam's numbers plummet. That's going to have a dramatic impact in terms of how he's, how he's viewed by the Hall of Fame committee and people like that at some point in time. So, no, to long answer to your question, Evo, I, I don't think anything is imminent or is going to happen there quickly. Okay, got you. Rob Rush joining us from <coughs> Forbes.com. Rob, uh, you know, we're in this little downtime right now. What, uh, when's training camp? End of July? Do you know the official start date? It escapes my yeah, mind. Yeah, the Packers announced that the other day, but it'll be, it'll be July 28th. You know, the guys will trickle in a couple days before that, but the actual first practice, you know, that, that's going to be open and, and that media and fans can view is, is July 28th. And it, it's going to be good, Evo. We're, we're going to get fans back this year. I think it's 13 or 14 practices that they can view. Um, you know, so it, it's dramatically different, obviously, than, than a year ago when there were no fans allowed. So there, there, there is a social distancing policy. So I, you won't see the bike still, I don't think, at this point in time. I think fans have to keep. It might be about a 20-foot or 15-foot gap from players. I forget the exact number, Evo. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just just to have them back, you know, again, it's going to, you know, we're trending toward 100% normalcy again. And yeah. it's just going to, it's going to be so much, so much more enjoyable to, you know, have practices with, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people hooting and hollering throughout. Are you in the locker room yet? Have you gotten uh, any information if you guys are going to be allowed back in the locker room to uh, do your, your, your fine reporting skills, Rob? That that is apparently still under negotiation. What? Um, it, it sounds like a little bit of progress has been made by the uh, NFL Writers Association, Evo, which uh, which I'm a proud member of, and that a lot of this stuff in training camp might be done right on the field itself. Maybe not in the locker room, but what? on the field with some social distancing between players and uh, players and reporters. But here's the deal, Evo. It's going to be a team by team decision. So maybe the oh, Chiefs, you're screwed. Maybe the Chiefs, for example, you know, allow 20 reporters to kind of, you know, gather in a circle around Patrick Mahomes out on the field. <laughs> but maybe in Green Bay, they say, "Hey, baby, we're still zooming this sucker." Well, that's so, that's and, so dumb. Because Rob, didn't they change rules before even the pandemic to say that to really limit you guys? The, pack, the Packers have yeah. gone with a less is more policy forever, Evo, and they always they always try to they always try to uh, take more and more and more away from from the media on a whole, which obviously impacts the fan base out there. 
the, the Packers always the Packers will always tell the media members, Evo, we are not the Raiders, and the Raiders have probably the, the worst access in in football. But honestly, Evo, the Packers might be number two in terms of worst. So they they aren't the absolute bottom of the barrel, and that's what they boast about that that hey, we're not number thirty two. Um, so yes, it's hey, but it, we're thirty one. So it's yeah. terrible. It, it, it's a franchise that they love to claim is owned by the people. But then they try to give the people as little as possible in terms of nuggets from the media. So that's we'll see where it goes. Even I, I don't, I don't want to wow. be dark on the subject yet. But the way the Packers have played their hand in the past, it, it doesn't lead to great optimism. Hey Rob, I got a little juicy nugget for you. You ready for this one? Fire away. Yeah. So, uh, believe it or not, you know I used to do a show with Amon Green, uh, so we'd I have know. we'd have the running back in here, right? And now my uh, my brother texted me. Just a couple days ago, he said, "You're not the only one with a running back, buddy." Here, his he was all the way up in like an island up in the thumb of you know past Door County, like an island up there, all the way up there on uh, on the body of water on Lake Superior or uh, Michigan. I mean, and there is my buddy, my brother Doogie, hanging out with AJ Dillon, Quadzilla, out in the middle of nowhere, Rob, on a body of water, and he looks, according to Doogie. In game shape, ready to start beating some ass, Rob. So there you go. He is in shape, ready to go, doing a little partying on his off time. So I don't. You can use that with what you will. <laughs> no, I, I I love it, Evo. I'm, I'm in the middle right now over at Forbes of uh, counting down the 30 most important Packers, and and really with with the Rogers situation, you know, being as as unknown and uncertain as it is, it, it's the first time in forever that he's not allowed to be the number one most important Packer when when we finish this thing up. But, but yeah, I, I think I'm up to 23 or 24 today, somewhere in there, Evo, and, and we still haven't gotten to A.J. Dillon yet. So that, that tells you that, that um, you know, it, he's going to crack that top 20 probably in terms of most important Packers. He and Aaron Jones together, Evo, should be the best running back duo in the league this year. You're, you're talking about a top five back in, in Jones, and honestly, a guy in Dillon, if they had to give him the ball this year, had had Jones left, and if if the Packers had, you know, been forced to make him the number one running back this season, they had absolutely no problem with that. Evo, he, they, I think internally they felt he could have been a twelve to fourteen hundred yard running back, and and heck, these two guys can both probably have a chance to eclipse a thousand yards. It, it should it should be a dynamic duo uh, in the backfield for Green Bay. Evo, it, it, it's probably going to have a chance to be their best one in years. Rob, if AJ Dillon has a down year, I know who to blame. Yeah, blame your brother. Doogie. I, I've seen the picture, Rob, and I'll say that uh, Ebo's brother and a couple other people just look a little out of place with the rest of the photo with A.J. Dillon and a bunch of other um, younger-looking women on this boat. That's a, that, 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 that's a great boat ride, though. It was a random happenstance that they met literally like off an island in Lake <laughs> Michigan. He's like, look what I'm doing. Like, like let's who is just that? He's like, it's Quadzilla. I, I think I can identify the people in Ebo's brother's boat versus the people uh, in AJ Dillon's boat. <laughs> let's just say uh, the one boat's uh, NFL ready, the other boat is uh, hasn't been NFL ready probably ever in their entire lives. Hey Rob, on Forbes.com though, give us a little more rundown on what you got going on. I'm looking at your Twitter account at Rob Reichel. Just tell the fine folks. Uh, I know you kind of brushed on it. Or real quick, what you're doing. Yeah, well, we're going to have a lot of stuff here over the next three weeks. You know, I know people are sucked into, you know, the, the NBA Finals and, 
and watching Craig Council blow eleven game winning streaks and things like that. Wow. So, um, well, I think the Sunday lineup had you and Nelson in it as they were going for their their twelve game with their, their twelve. Rob, game. I was going to send you a Brent Suter jersey too, but now I guess I'm not. Hey, I'll tell you right now, and and, and, and I don't get a lot of things right in terms of predicting evil. But as soon as Suter came into that game yesterday, I, I texted about six people and I said, "My guess is he will not record an out," and uh, and, and he did not. But no, uh, so backtoforms.com for a second. We're, we're counting down the thirty most important Packers. We're, we're just trying to get people fired up for for camp and for the start of the year, and and to try to write about some things other than the Aaron Rodgers nonsense, which I think everyone's exhausted from. Um, then we're going to have some fun stuff coming up, Evo. We're going to have. Uh, you know, stories on training camp battles. And there's going to be a lot of them. This is, you know, on an average year, Evo, there might be one or two jobs open, but but there's there's actually a handful this year. You know, you're, you're talking Kevin King against Stokes at corner. You're talking the offensive line is, is kind of in flux. You're talking about Rashad Gary battling Preston Smith for snaps. Um, you know, there, there's stuff all over the place. The number two wideout job is still wide open, I would say, at this point in time. MBS, Lazard, um, you know, we're, we're, there, there's a lot of fun stuff. So there'll be some stuff coming on training camp battles, Evo. There'll be position breakdowns, uh, you know, group by group. And like I said, we're counting down the top 30 Packers, you know, which so everybody, you know, through the course of a year, Evo, we, we, we wind up writing about the same 10, 12, 14 guys. It feels like over and over and over. So, you know, this, this is kind of a nice time of the year to, you know, to write a story on a Lucas Patrick or, you know, and a, a, you know, whatever, a, you know, a, you know, a, a Runyon Junior or whoever it turns out to be. So it's, it's kind of a fun time of the year to break it all down, Evo, and get people fired up, and and that's what we're trying to do at the website. Rob, we love you. We miss you last week. So glad you're back. I do want a 500 word article on Craig Council and his use of the bullpen. Okay, uh, by the week's end. Got it. Oh, I can do it by 9 o'clock for you. All right, Rob. I'll be reading at 9 o'clock. We love you, man. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, my buddy. See you, buddy. All right. Have a great weekend. There he is, Rob Reichel. Well, Giannis Adendokumbo uh, had a very intriguing comment uh, when he was asked, you know, during media days for the NBA Finals. He was asked, I'm, I'm just going to play the uh, reporter's question and then Giannis's answer. And then I have, and you were just talking off here to me about On This Day in History. I also have an On This Day in History that coincides with what Giannis had to say. Uh, after uh, about this question he was asked. So take a listen to what Giannis uh, said in response to this question. You'll hear the question from the reporter, then you'll hear Giannis speak, and then we'll talk about it, and then I'll play you this on this day in history to see if Giannis was kind of uh, taking a shot at teams and players like this. Here you go. Take a listen. I wanted to ask you, Giannis, you know, we talked before about just about what it would mean to win for the team that that cho- that chose you. Um, I know that's you know, you got a ways to go. Still got four more wins to get to that point. But what what does it mean to to be able to to do it here? You know, you see other players go go about it in a different way. What what does it mean for you? To you know, win a championship in Milwaukee. Correct. It's a lot. Uh, it's a goal. It's a goal of uh, mine. And. Um, no, obviously, you you know, you see a lot of people have different routes. You know, you can never, you know, judge anybody for the way he wins the championship, that he chooses to win a championship. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, doing it in the team that, you know, you started, it's, I feel like it means more, you know. Um, 
So yeah, for me, it's like it's a it's a dream. You know, it's a, it's a goal of mine, and um, not just for me. Everybody, every basketball player that plays in the NBA wants to win a championship. You know, more, most most of them. Um, <laughs> but doing it in you know the team that drafted you in the you know the city that embraced you, you know the organization that you know helped you, uh, it means a lot. So there you go, Giannis. Didn't Peter, we'll go over to you for Zoom. saying. To be able to do it with the team that drafted you and the city that embraced you and the organization that helped you, it means a lot to win it for the team that drafted you. Rowdy, on this day in history, July 8th, 2010, this happened. Take a listen. You ready to go, LeBron? Where's the powder? Left it at home. <laughs> I left. So what's new? What's been going on with you this summer? Uh, man, I think the major factor and the major uh, reason in my decision was um, the best opportunity for me from, to win, and, and to win now, and to win into the future also. Would you like to sleep on it a little longer, or are you ready to make this decision? Uh, no, I've slept enough, or the lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to the question everybody wants to know. LeBron, what's your decision? Um, in this fall, man, it's, it's very tough. Um, and this fall, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and um, join the Miami Heat. Miami Heat. That was the conclusion you woke up with this morning. LeBron James, on this day in history, chooses to join up with Dwayne Wade. Chris Bosh comes along as well as he goes to South Beach. We're all witnesses as the super team is formed and the Heat go on to do what they do. So LeBron James obviously was the mega superstar coming out of high school. Like yep. he was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan. Yep. He maybe even better than Michael Jordan. Correct. And obviously he gets drafted out of high school, goals and plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he pretty much is living up to everything that he's billed for, right? Mm -hmm. One of pretty much no one that ever does that. He He, he lived is. up and exceeded exactly the hype. And when he all of a sudden did that, I was a huge LeBron fan. Same. And he, when he did that, you're like, oh, he's going. Because you always wanted him. It was the storyline of like. The kid from Akron. Yeah. Basically, the kid from Ohio, not too far from Cleveland. Cleveland stunk for like the longest time ever. You wanted yeah. him to get the championship. I'm the king, like the kid from Akron. Robbie. He literally put that team on his back when like the second best player is like splitting hairs between Zildrunas Ilgauskas and like Z. Anderson Verja, who somehow is still signed this year. Was Booby Miles on that? But uh, they had so many bad players around him, and he got them to the championship, and then they got, wasn't it swept in four games? Yeah. And then he goes to the Heat, or not the Heat, yeah, the Heat, yeah, the, the decision. Miami, the, the decision, and you're like, oh, well. Taking my talents to South yeah, Beach. I thought it was a cool storyline if you would have won it in Cleveland, but whatever. And then when it's all of Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, him, they end up getting Ray Allen later on. I kind of liked when LeBron took on the villain. Because, I liked it too. Because there was a villain in the NBA where everyone had... Because he had this pretty boy, or not pretty boy, but you had this guy that was like on the throne. And everyone, you know, everyone's like, he's the hero. He's the good guy. And then you go and make the decision. And everyone had like an X out for him. Like they had the target on their backs. And in the four years he was in Miami, they made it to the NBA finals every single year and they won two championships. Yeah. So like, it was pretty impressive what they did. Now, granted, they did have the superstar team. Well, that's where I want to go with here. Giannis Adenokounmpo, I mean, 
You're not going to confuse the 2021 Milwaukee Bucks with the Miami Heat with Chris Bosh, LeBron James, and Dwayne Wade who went on to win two NBA championships. And an old Ray Allen. And Ray Ray. You're not going to confuse the two at all. Giannis drafted by Milwaukee. They chose a guy that was raw, not sure what they really had besides a lot of raw talent, and they invested in Giannis. They invested in his growth, and not only like four or five inches, but also his growth as being a basketball player. Well, LeBron is out there saying, I can't win it with the team that drafted me. Now, eventually, obviously, he did. came back to Cleveland. But I can't win it with the team that drafted me. I need to go take my talents to South Beach and team up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Ray Allen, the all-time greatest three-point shooter in the history of the NBA, to win championships. Giannis is here willing the Bucks and his team with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and you, you know, that's the big three, I guess, for the Bucks, and they're in the NBA's finals. Yeah, I mean, if you compare that Miami Heat's big three versus the Milwaukee Bucks big three, and they had to play in a game, and it was uh, talents at, at the time being, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that's even going to be close to a game. Obviously, LeBron is better than Giannis. Obviously, Dwayne Wade is better than Chris Middleton, and obviously Chris Bosh would be better than Drew Holiday. Yeah. So looking at this, though, I mean, and but isn't that incredible that that team went two and four? It's not. Yeah, it's not. Sorry, two and two and four appearances. appearances. Yet the Milwaukee Bucks are here in the NBA Finals, and they're down just one nothing going into Game Two tonight. They can even it up. Yeah, the fact that Giannis is out there. I mean, LeBron had to go chase. You know. I don't fault the guy for going to Miami to go get a But that's why beach. it was a cool story because he came back to Cleveland. Yeah, he came back and, and he, then won, he it. won it. And what a series against the Warriors that was. Against James with the block. Against a superstar team. Yeah. With basically Kyrie Irving dinged up, Kevin Love playing terrible basketball, and it was like him and Del Vadova. Matthew Del Vadova. And then he, I don't even say he became a villain when he went to the Lakers. He just became a doorknob. Oh, a total, total knob. Agreed. Looking at here how Giannis is uh, doing it and going about it, I mean, incredible. You know, I, Giannis basically telling super teams with his comments there. I don't think Giannis meant it that way, but basically telling super teams like, you know, I mean, you can't fault guys for you know ring chasing and doing this and this, but I want to win it for the team that drafted me. LeBron had to come back to do it. Giannis right now, we'll see what happens. LeBron did get there his first stint with the Cavaliers, obviously. Uh, Giannis, though, my God, the story, incredible. But LeBron had all the fanfare. LeBron had was given so much stuff, you know, right out of high school. I mean, even in high school, wasn't he getting cars and whatnot? Yeah, there was some gray area there. LeBron was the next thing, the next Michael Jordan, the next, you know, the next superstar. And obviously he lived up and surpassed it. Giannis Dendekumbo was some kid in Greece that had to, you know, share shoes with his brothers that no one thought anything about. Well, it goes back to the draft. And you, I, and RJ were talking about it earlier about how if John Hammond didn't pull the trigger on Giannis, there was no guarantees, even with some scouts that were somewhat around or yeah. looking at him, that any of them would have drafted him in those top 60 draft picks. Yeah, the story LeBron is James was the odds-on number one pick. Whoever won the lottery that year was taking LeBron James. There was no other answer. Yeah, I mean, listen. It was, story, like, it was like Trevor Lawrence this year. The story of LeBron living up and exceeding the hype is incredible all in itself. But Giannis and his story is a made-for-TV, the silver screen, you name it, movie. 
It's incredible. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Yellow. Patience is a virtue, my friend. Yeah, Rowdy. I mean, Giannis Dendekumbo and his story is, is wow. It's incredible. It's literally, it's one of the greatest storylines you could ever have in the history of the NBA, in the history of sports. From a guy who literally came from nothing to, in the NBA Finals, signing a mega deal. How about this? Who's the guy would you rather be? Because LeBron comes in with all the pressure because he's supposed to be the next Michael Jordan or better. And Giannis is a guy where they're like, who the hell is this? And is is he going to be a bust? Oh, another European bust for the Bucs? He has no pressure. Well... I mean, you got to look but at different two di- factors here. Definitely two different skill points or, you know, skill sets coming into the league, too. I mean, obviously. One was 100% gifted right away, and one had to grow. I mean, obviously, LeBron, I mean, LeBron didn't come from much. He worked his ass off to be where he was, you know, at an early age to get, you know, to his superstar. I'm talking just entering the NBA. No, no, no. I mean, you got to bring this into a factor as well, where LeBron, you know, coming into the NBA, he starts getting money and, and, and gifts and cars and whatever in high school. So you're like, okay, I'm on the fast track to helping my family, my life out. LeBron living up to the hype is incredible and surpassing it. But Giannis Adendakumbo to come from another country, his parents migrating from Nigeria illegally into Greece, poor, broke, nothing. I mean, LeBron didn't have anything either. To Giannis getting to the NBA, playing Division Two, not anyone really even knowing who he is, no hype, no nothing, wiring all his money home his rookie year so much that he can't even get a cab to practice. He's got to run there. Eventually some fan picked him up and drove him to... Uh, the Bucks facility, to to pull himself up. I think it's Giannis, dude. I mean, the the pressure. I mean, obviously LeBron's got more pressure just in a, the hype and what's surrounding him. But from Giannis to be absolutely nothing in Division Two in some dilapidated gym in Greece, to where he is now is is wild. And he's spurning off L.A. He's spurning off being in movies. He's spurning off New York. He's saying, "Don't bother me. I want to stay in Milwaukee, Wisconsin." I think it's Giannis. Yeah, so like I said, I used to be a LeBron guy. Not really a LeBron guy anymore, but you got to respect like the talent and how good oh, yeah, he is. For sure. Do you remember Sebastian Telfair? <laughs> ah, yes, I do. Remember that? All that hype? Yeah. He was supposed to be the next great thing? Yeah. Most people just said, who the hell is Sebastian Telfair? Yeah. Because he didn't amount to anything. No, nothing. It's Man, the story of Giannis is incredible. There's, I mean, actually, there is a... I can't believe I forgot this. There is a documentary coming out about Giannis. There is a movie. Coming out about Giannis. I, God, I don't know the date of that one, though. The Giannis biopic. i got to find out when that's coming out. That thing's going to be lit. Uh, it started development in 2019. Uh, I'll try to get a timeline on that for probably you. Probably got paused for a second there. Yeah, probably with everything kind of shutting down. Game two tonight in the NBA Finals. Phoenix Bucks. It'd be hilarious if uh, Bucks. Giannis couldn't find time to do anything, so they actually hired his uh, younger brother, and then uh, brothers to play the role. Here's a good. <laughs> that's funny. Here's a good uh, comment from our guy Poop Shooterton on Twitch. Good morning, Poopy. He says LeBron has to do a remake of Space Jam. Someone is making a movie about Giannis's life. LeBron has to do a remake. Giannis is getting a movie made for him by someone else. I don't think anyone's touting that movie though. The Giannis movie? No, no, no. The, oh, Space, the Space Jam. Jam. Yeah, LeBron's got to throw his money to make a movie. 
that already has been made, which is not going to wear anywhere close to the original Space Jam, where someone is like, you know what, I'm going to make a movie about this guy, Giannis. Giannis's will be closer to. Do you remember the? I think it was a documentary. We watched it way back in the day. Hoop Dreams. Oh yeah, hell yeah. I feel like Giannis's will be closer to that, where obviously LeBron James, with all of the uh, money and L.A. producers, is going to have a obviously Space Jam's a blockbuster. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. I won't be watching it, but I'm also not going to be watching it. It's I had my time in the sun when I was a wee little lad with the original Space Jam. What a soundtrack, by the way. Yeah. Plus. I still have the VHS of, of so uh, Space Jam, so I'll have, probably have to go hang out with Charlie and pop that in the VHS player. <laughs> there you go. Zach Heilprin, our sports director. Zach, good morning. Good morning. Dude, are you on cloud nine from England booking, punching their ticket to the Euro finals hey. after Sterling dives in the box to give Harry Kane the PK? Dives. Got hit. And had to go down because there was no other way he could have. I mean, that's the only thing he could have. It's, it's physics, ego, uh, ego. Hey, Ebo. Ebo was just one letter off from ego. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know like that's that. why you have the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, he went down to penalty. England's through. It's coming home. So who do you want to win these heroes? I mean, you have, you have a finals right now of two flopping experts, Italy and England. I'll say this. I, I mean, I want England, of course. I mean, who's rooting for Italy? <laughs> Um, but, uh, what do you mean? England. What? I was just celebrating the holiday on the fourth about how we beat their ass. True. They realized they got their ass beat, came back for a little bit more in 1812. We beat that ass again. <laughs> and then we, uh, made up and, uh, now they are our bitch. And now we get to, you know, deal I love with this. It. I love, okay. You're, you're getting me inspired now with your language. I like it. Zach Halpern. We're, we're peeling a new layer off of this, uh, this onion here of Zach Halpern. I like it. None of those, none of those had to be dumped today. Uh, oh yeah. The dump buttons have been full effect today. Okay. Okay. All right. Except not for us. Uh, or you. All right, Zach. So let me ask you, um, when it comes to name image likeness. Yeah. I uh, just saw we were talking about the University of Miami, the U, having this uh, the biggest deal so far, as it's what's it's a uh, five hundred forty thousand dollars total. All scholarship athletes on the U are getting what six hundred dollars or was it five hundred dollars a month or six grand a year or six grand a year. Zach, yeah. name, image, likeness. Oh, they're also uh, sponsoring or sponsored by a. What's the gym? American Top Gym and MMA? American Top Team, yep. American Top Team and MMA Gym. Zach, name, image, likeness. Are the rich going to get richer, i.e. like the Alabamas, the Ohio State, et cetera, and the poor get poorer? Or is this like what's what's the playing field like in the early stages of the Wild West that is the name, image, likeness? Look at the places that have uh, large uh, donors and lar- like – alums that have gone on to make a lot of money. I think those probably be the ones that make uh, make out. Now, for Wisconsin, that's potentially a good thing. They have uh, as many, I think it, may, it might be a few years, uh, but they have more CEOs of Fortune 500 companies than any other public school in, in the country. Hmm. So, you know, there's there's that. But look, look at what Derek King, Derek, Derek King played what? Six, seven games last year before he got hurt? Like, I, I, or would he, I'm not sure exactly when he got hurt, but it was it was... I guess rather late in the season, but he is, he's only got one year left in Miami. He signed with this moving place for 20 grand. He launched a podcast, developed a website. He's created custom apparel. He's founded an NL marketplace. He's added a creative director. 
and he's he's planning to split money with teammates. Like that to me is oh, he's like, splitting he's money with teammates. Yeah, like some of this money that he's making off of his endorsements is going to be then split with his Miami teammates. How very so nice of him. That's on top of the six grand a year that they're going to be getting from um, this other thing. I think it's just going to continue to grow. As you know, for like Wisconsin, Graham Mertz is the one that obviously is is out there. He's got his own website, his own you know logo and everything like that. But there's some other lower level guys. Uh, I shouldn't say lower level guys. Some other guys that are not the quarterback. Matt Hennington uh, came out yesterday. He's got a, a deal with Degree. Um, there's some guys that have deals degree, with like companies. Degree, like the deodorant? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, like all these, huh. I don't know who's going to get, I, honestly, I don't know how it's going to end up going. I think the, the places that have uh, have continually been good because they get a lot of money pumped into their to their university, whether it is Alabama or in Oregon or or say in Oregon or someone like that, that have these large donors already, I think they're going to continue to to jump up. But I think there's a potential for a, a lower level team that you know has a big booster to come in and and potentially drive their recruiting up a little bit. It sounds like uh, Deer and King can be thankful that uh, Houston did what they did with him at. Uh... <laughs> Because yes. he was the guy exactly. that Dana Holgerson's like, all right, we got all these young guys with a lot of talent. After four games, let's pull them. And then he got his eligibility, and then it's like, peace out. This is stupid. Yeah, no, and he's making a, a boatload of money off of it. And I don't know necessarily what his pro prospects are. I think he's a really good college quarterback. I don't, I, I haven't looked it up uh, to see where he's going to be. And he's coming off a torn ACL. So, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out for him. But hey, it's awesome that he's able to make it now while people are interested in him and who knows if that'll be the case two or three years from now very interesting zach halpern our sports director joining us right now so i mean there's a reason why graham mertz was out there you know filing for a trademark and and getting his logo mm-hmm. on his website out graham mertz i mean this this cat graham mertz one of the most marketable guys obviously in the big 10 yeah, yeah for sure i mean uh, i mean uh, there are some other certainly guys that would stand out a lot of ohio state players probably uh yeah. are marketable in, in nebraska as well where you know they are the Green Bay Packers of the Midwest or of uh, the Great Plains. I mean, they're they are the only thing going in Nebraska, so that I think is going to help them uh, a lot. But I don't think it's any mistake that Graham Mertz got his logo out and everything. He got to be part of that 24-hour news cycle, and I don't think that was just for his own sake. I think it was for Wisconsin's sake as well. And getting that out there that Wisconsin is is uh, backing these guys and that they're going to be going hard after it. So I. Look, Wisconsin is uh, jumping into it with two feet, just like everybody else, and we'll see when the uh, you know when Congress comes out and puts together the actual laws that are going to be uh, governing here, at least in Wisconsin, and I would expect the entire country to be under that as well. Um, maybe it'll be a little different, but right now it's kind of the wild west, and Graham Mertz trying to take advantage of it. So, Zach, I was reading. Uh, there's a, I forget the guy's name from CBS Sports, but he was saying the NIL is only going to benefit. 10 to 12 guys already in a locker room that's voices already loud. It's just going to make their voices even louder while everyone else around him is going to be looking like, how come I can't get this? Now I'm we'll jealous. I'm, 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 it's <laughs> jealousy now. Do you think that's going to happen here? I mean, is, wasn't that already kind of happening but under the table? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying in Wisconsin, yeah, we, but in gen- like right. some places. Yeah, in general. Like the the backup long snapper ain't getting the same ca- you know, uh, envelope as uh, the starting quarterback at certain places, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's it's just not happening. But I, going back to Derek King, he's trying to keep, include his teammates in it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, like I think that is going to be another part of it. Guys that are making a lot of money, like a 
a high level quarterback, they're going. Other guys are going to be able to uh, to benefit from that as well. And more, I mean, more exposure for a single player is going to bring more exposure for an entire team. So I I don't think it's going to be as as uh, you know perhaps locker room breaking type of things. Though, what, you know, what happens if two guys are going for the same thing and one gets it and the other one doesn't? Like that maybe could potentially be an issue, but. For the most part, I think uh, a, a lot of these guys. Uh, for the most part, here I'll say this: I think a lot there are like ten to twelve guys that are going to be able to mark this. But I think there's about seventy or seventy-five guys on every team that uh, certainly overestimate what they're worth and what they're going to be able to make off of this. Um, but hey, everyone's got a chance. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like that. I like the fact that people can make money. I'm a fan of people making money. So Zach, um, and I also saw I think it was uh, Spencer Rattler. He's giving some of his nil money to. Charity. By the way, that guy's logo. Mm. That guy's logo is pretty it's sick. Fire. Yeah, no, no, it's fire. That logo's badass. Uh, Zach yeah, Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Zach, switching gears a little bit here. Well, before that, uh, when's uh, Big Ten Media Days coming up? Because I know you're going to be down there. Yeah, Big Ten Media Days coming up uh, two weeks from today. Uh, Thursday, uh, the start of it, I should say, Thursday and Friday, in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium for the first time ever. We don't know who's going to be down there, but we will be down there uh, doing an episode of the camp from down there. And yeah. my goal, my goal down there is to talk with Brett Bielema um, and ask him why he, and see see somehow, some way, uh, if I can get him to unblock me on Twitter. That's that's the goal for that's the goal for Thursday. Friday is when Wisconsin will talk, and we'll have a little more off of that. But my goal Thursday is just to talk to Brett Bielema and see if I can't get him to unblock me. On well, Twitter. I think I know where you can find him um, to really get him when he's the most vulnerable, <laughs> and that's at the All You Can Eat Buffet at Lucas Oil Stadium. Okay, so really, really corner him by that sneeze guard and be like, <laughs> "Hey," as he's reaching for his third helping of uh, yeah. above brisket. Be like, "Hey, Brett." Could you pull out your phone quick and just unblock me? That'd be great. What do you, what's the suge- what's the suggestion to, to make that happen? Like, uh, how do maybe I? Maybe you offer to clean his plate, his table. Like it, he's got like a, just a smorgasbord there, and you're like, hey, Brad, mm-hmm. I noticed that you're on your your eighth plate here. Actually, would you mind if I, I clear the table for you to make it easier on you? I know you're gaining a couple of weight. I'm sure you don't want to take those steps. Like maybe do I do I promise him that I'll never use hashtag karma? Yeah, again? maybe that like, would work. Yeah. Uh, maybe you bring you him know? over a slice of pie and be like, hey, I, I won't use karma again. Here you go. And maybe, maybe like a first step would be that uh, Jen Bielma unblocks me. I don't know. Like maybe that's the first. I step. I feel like you have a better chance with Brett than you do Jen. Okay, all right. Jen, all right. Jen has me blocked too. So just, uh, <laughs> just an FYI. I Brett Bielma has not blocked me, but Jen has. Uh, Zach, yeah. Zach Alpin, our sports director, joining us right now. So Zach, uh, game two tonight, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks against the Phoenix Suns. Now the Bucks have definitely dropped a couple game ones along the way here in the playoffs. Uh, against the Nets and the Hawks, and last time I checked, the Nets and the Hawks are sitting on their couch watching the Bucks. What's the vibe on uh, Giannis coming back after like a week and change after hyperextending his knee, and the Bucks' chances down in Phoenix tonight for you? Well, they're obviously going to be underdogs, and I, I think a lot of people are expecting they don't have a chance. But Giannis said he felt good yesterday, coming off of uh, his first game action of the week. Played what close to thirty-six minutes in that, in that game one. It's that not that's not necessarily the load that he had been carrying before the injury, but. Um, I would expect him to push 40 tonight and, and try and – I mean, the game was close, right? It was close until Chris Paul decided to be uh, – just go off. I mean, it was 7-8 in the third quarter. I mean, that was the difference, uh, truly the difference in the game as they got outscored. I think it was like 8 in that quarter. It was a 16-point lead going into the third. So um, – or going into the fourth. I am i don't feel good about tonight. I don't. Um, but I, cause, I mean, but I think the biggest – I think the biggest thing for Milwaukee is they have to get to the foul line. They cannot allow them to be uh, outshot at the foul line like they were the other night. I think Phoenix went 25 for 26. Milwaukee took 16 free throws. 
Chris Middleton had zero, which is the first time in, I should say it's just, the, I think, the seventh time in, in 63 career playoff games that that's happened. And he, it's not like he didn't attack the basket early. I think there were some calls that he didn't get that uh, he probably should have gotten. And I expect, uh, I expect them to be aggressive and, and go to the hole a bunch tonight. And You know, if, if they shoot 45, 46% from three like they did again, you know, then they, they're probably going to be right there. But um, they haven't necessarily done that a ton in the playoffs. Uh, Zach, before I let you go, man, uh, and I think you watched some of the match with Aaron Rodgers, Bryson DeChambeau, mm-hmm. who won over Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Uh, oh, after watching it, right. did you get a, like a – you know, gut feeling of what do you think Rodgers is going to do involving the Green Bay Packers? Anything going on there? Man, that grin that he had when he was talking about that, uh, like, I think that's a grin that just annoys so many people. I love <laughs> like it. I, he's just master troller. Right, right. Um, just that, you know, crap-eating grin that was on his face when he was being asked about it, like being so coy and I'll tell you next week and whatever. Uh, he's either playing in Green Bay or he's not playing this year. Gotcha. Um, so uh, I would... I think he shows up. Oh, Zach, I'm playing an outro song for you in honor of you and uh, Brett and Jen Bielema. This would be Radiohead's Karma Police. That's for mm. you, buddy. Thank you, guy. Zach, we love you. We appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully we'll see your smiling, beautiful face around these hallways today. Sounds good. Adios, muchacho. There he is, Zach Halperin.